check, 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 check. Welcome to the Pocono Raceway podcast season. It doesn't matter anymore because let's have some fun, JJ. I'm Kevin. This is JJ. What's up, everybody? So glad to be back for exactly uh, season doesn't matter because I don't even know where we're at on this. We did like two seasons in a year at one point. We did one season. We skipped a year. So, but we're back and we're back better than ever. And this one is going to be a fun one. This was going to be a fun one because we don't really have a plan. Not one, not a single plan, but we do. We do. We're going to interview some really cool people, I think, on the podcast this year. And we're just going to talk about the fun things that we have going on at Pocono Raceway this year because we're getting closer. NASCAR weekend's almost upon us. We're, what, almost a month away? Just about a month away. So this is, But this one's what, the, the Friends of Pocono podcast? It, it's. Um, we're going to interview some really cool people. Yep. Um, we don't have a set list, but if anybody wants to be on the podcast, hit us up. Uh, but yeah, we're going to interview maybe some musicians, maybe some um, people in the industry that people haven't met yet, uh, some behind-the-scenes folks. Uh, maybe some, some higher-level staff members here that I think people would love to learn a little bit more about. How about some of them? Yes, but before we get into this episode, let's give a shout-out to our friend Rowdy Dixie Original, who um, who gave us the song here to play on the intro that you kind of heard there, a little snippet from his new record. Uh, that song's called Mountain Down. And I think this is the first time that people actually heard just a little snippet I know, I know he's got at least one song off the new record out there, but I know this isn't one of them, so this is definitely the first time that that song is being in played, theory, not in theory, live, exclusive right? on the Pokemon Racer podcast. They just got a little snippet there. Maybe we'll play a little bit more at the end of this podcast, so you got to stay uh, to the end of this podcast to hear a little bit more of Mountain Downs. Good song. I got to appreciate Rowdy for it, man. He's been a great friend of ours. He's done a lot for us, did a lot during COVID times. He played here last year. Um, hopefully we get him on this podcast. Maybe we'll get him on the podcast I, too. I, some I point. mean, I think we that's we at least owe him that, right? If he's giving us his song, we at least get him on here. I mean, breaking news: he's on episode two. Okay, well, but you had to ruin the surprise. Huh? But this is episode one, and we are speaking with no, none other than our president at the racetrack here, Ben May. Man, yeah, we're excited. Ben's excited, and why don't we just hop right in and learn about a little bit more about Ben? Um, and also get his take on what he's looking forward to this summer at Pocono Raceway. I love it. Why waste any time? Let's go. Let's do it. Well, what better way to start our guest appearances for this year than with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Ben May, our track president. Thanks for having me. Is this my first time? Have I finally been invited? Have I been on here before? I don't know if you have. You You probably were on in one of the very, very early seasons, but... This is going to be the first one where we get in depth about you, not oh. just, not just what race is coming up. And everybody just turned off their phone; <laughs> they're done. No, they're they're still here. So <laughs> this is, um, you know, and, and it's a new season, right, for our podcast. And we're going to have some fun this year. And um, but we thought, what better way to bring Ben May, president of Pocono Raceway, here? So thanks for joining us in our new podcast studio, aka my office. Thanks for having me. It's a good view. We have a view out the window of uh, what should soon to be leaves on trees and uh, warm weather here in the Poconos. It's a good point. We're sitting here on the first week of May, and there are still no leaves on the trees. This winter has been rough. So I still live in the Lehigh Valley for another two or three weeks, and it's full spring down there, so it's common. But with that, that means 
that summer is right around the corner, which means race season, and we have a big one this year, right, Mr. May? We do. We've had cars on track here for a few weeks, a lot of racing schools, Corvette clubs, a lot of cool stuff that's been here, uh, but we're getting dialed in. We're going to be at uh, the good old Pocono NASCAR weekend, July 22nd to 24th. Before we know it, comes fast. So before we get into what's going on here at the track this summer, we wanted to talk a little bit and let the fans kind of in on your background. Um, obviously, you didn't grow up in the Pocono Mountains here, but you grew up in North Carolina, I believe. So how does someone that grows up down there, kind of near the NASCAR world, right, get from there to here and everything in between? All right, I'll give you the quicker, the quicker, yes, let's the go. quicker version, um, and then we'll dive into the pieces that that we. Uh, <laughs> I can post there. my post my uh, illustrious work career at Pocono Raceway on the internet and everything that goes with that. So, I grew up in uh, Greenville, North Carolina, which is on the East Coast, uh, home of the East Carolina University Pirates. Uh, I went to Elon University, well, Elon College, as it was in the nineties, um, and. I guess as life goes, sometimes you just find yourself in a position and uh, I don't know, right? things happen, right? It's luck. It's just life. It's the way it is. So my next door neighbor in the dorm freshman year at Elon College was uh, none other than our chief executive, Nick Igdowski. Um, so I just got placed in the NASCAR world, I guess, as it, as it turned out by uh, whoever's in charge of dorm uh, dorm room assignments at Elon um, in 1994. Which I guess that's logical. Is that's like kind of in your backyard, but we're going to have to figure out when we get Nick on here how Nick got down there. Yeah. But that's a whole other story for another podcast. Yeah. But you're right. It just seems like the racing gods were in they were, someone's favor somebody that was day. Trying to, somebody was trying to get me to Northeast Pennsylvania. And I don't know how this is done this day and age when you go to college, but... At Elon in those days, you just had like a Starburst sticker on your door. And it was like, Ben, Greenville, North Carolina. And then next door, it was like, Nick, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, and, the, and I guess that's how you made friends then. I have no idea. There weren't any phones, right? We didn't have a computer. Um, so that's how I ended up here. Um, maybe not fully. That's not the truth. Well, that's, that is true. But that's not the actual entire story. I was going to say, so it's one thing to become friends. But how did Nick get you up here what was the conversation to convince you to leave north carolina and like you said come to northeast pennsylvania okay well so nick doesn't get any credit for this pitch um that got me to the north but um before i get there i guess spring breaks occasionally i would come up and help work at the racetrack um really for two reasons was one why not i didn't grow up in a racing family i didn't know anything about racing i grew up in a College basketball, college football family. I've been a big Tar Heels fan forever. Um, and so I just would come up here and mess around. Um, one, it was fun. It was somewhere I'd never been before. Um, and Northerners, you know, they cuss a lot and they're loud and they're like, go real fast, right? So I thought that was kind of interesting to me as well um, from that from the pace of Eastern North Carolina. Um, so started messing around and then uh, – our chairman Louie, I was doing some work for her, and um, again, this all sounds this all sounds pretty pretty sad looking back at it. But uh, I was pretty good at Excel, and that was kind of new, right, for everybody. So that's I can, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so Still on everybody's resume, you got to keep it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So I was good at Excel, had good manners, enjoyed hanging around. Um, so just came up here messing around. And then after college, uh, my wife also went to Elon, um, and she is from North Jersey. 
So I was working at uh, the State Employees Credit Union in Raleigh, North Carolina, doing loans and mortgages. There's, there's some exciting work. Uh-huh, it was. I wore, had to wear a suit every day, and um, as you guys know across the table, that's not really my deal. Um, so anyway, I was working at the bank, and uh, a job popped up, and Louie called. She's like, I have this job, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, this is cool. I'm, I think I'll give this a run. I didn't care. I didn't like being at the bank, and I was also in a long distance 500 mile relationship um with uh with my wife who was not my wife at the time and i was like okay well if this is gonna work i gotta get to the north so lo and behold 21 years later i'm married to the same woman (laughs) we have two kids and i still work for louie and nick so i don't know go figure seemed to work out So talk about those early days. You know, what what were you doing when you first came here? Obviously, you're president of the raceway. Now we'll get into kind of what that's like. But what were you doing those early days when you first were up here? Obviously, that was what early 2000s, right? If my yes. Math is correct. So I moved here January of 2000. I can't be right. January of 2001. That seems right. January of 2001. About 21 years. Yeah. <laughs> January of 2001. Um. So I worked for our concessions company, Mountain Concessions, and I was in charge of uh, souvenir trailers, display space, and the occasional catering task. Um, So everything we do in our fan zone today was one of the first things I did, um, marking grandstands for chairback rentals, and this is where the beer carts go, and these are the way the souvenirs are going to, trailers are going to line up. Um, We used to have a souvenir trailer draft back in those days. Um, where the trailers with the highest gross sales from the year before got first pick. So that was always a big deal. Um, I think one of my first years here, we had like 70 trailers, somewhere 60 to 70 trailers. Um, and so the draft was like a pretty big deal. and Everybody like got around the table. That was pretty cool. I'll, I'll never forget that. We did that for a long, long time. Um, and then from there, it was just like a three, four, five hour like puzzle of trailers parking um and then once the trailers parked because you needed all the room in there to jack around and get sorted out then all the displays would come in um so what's a little different from that today where people will come in and trickle in over time and get placed and do their thing and it's a little bit less stressful um it was like a crazy thursday you were just wore out and you're like oh great now i've got another three days of hardcore work to do but thursday was a thursday was a grind you know we spend like six months trying to lay out fanfare in the most logical way possible. I think we should just go back to that now. We just let everybody show up on Thursday and we try to figure it out. Yeah, the draft the draft was fun and the layout was fun. Um, and then we expanded, for those of you that have been here, we have a larger fanfare-shaped lot. It's almost shaped like an L, I guess, or T, really, um, where fanfare 2 is what we call um, up at the top where our carnival and a lot of our stuff is now. But that used to be a grass lot on separated by a fence um and so you had to like run around the fence and the fans had to run around the fence so thankfully we've um you know we've got a better flow here today than we did back then i think i have some pictures from back then i was actually looking through some pictures this weekend of some some stuff and i'm pretty sure that there's a picture of me next to a holler on that grass like lot probably around those same years so maybe I'll have to look through. Maybe maybe you're in the background or something. Oh, maybe. I, I probably looked a little rougher than I did today. <laughs> was Chase climbing in the car? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, so so funny story. Um, I think I shared this on Twitter recently. We 
I, I was looking through those pictures and I found a picture of me at a McDonald's in like 99, 2000, something like that in front of a McDonald's car. Bill was doing an interview, uh, an appearance there. And I, I've seen this picture a thousand times. I always knew there was a, another kid like next to the car. I looked at it this weekend and I was like, that's, that's Chase. <laughs> so there's a, there's a young oh, so Chase good. Elliott trying to climb in the car um, as I'm standing next to the quarter panel getting a picture of it. Probably with some sort of wind-up camera from the late 90s. Oh, it's spectacular. Disposable wedding table camera. Absolutely. Uh, I, uh, my first memory of Chase here is him. I guess he wore like the Dodge, right? The Dodge gear that matched his dad's suit um, or was a, a version of. So I remember that. He was little. Let's see. Oh, there it is. He's 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 staring you down. He's like, get away from my car, man. Right? He's like, I want to race. Get this kid out of here. Who's this guy? Not having it. He's probably gonna talk to me on a podcast one day. Rocking like a sick pair of like baby Nikes from the late nineties. Pretty solid. Chase is, Chase is fitted out pretty good. Oh, that's good. So I mean, you talk about that kind of stuff, and you talk about those stories. So what are some things, Ben, that like? You know, we do a lot of the same things still to this day. A lot of the same things happen, but it was probably done a little bit differently back then. So do you have any, like, fun stories or, like, things that, like, you know, when something we're doing something on the race now or preparing and, like, something goes awry, right? Like, what was that like back in the day, right, with, like, no cell phones, right? We had the radios, I'm sure, still, right? But yeah. you can't just call somebody and say. No, it was all so – I guess I – See, I'm not, I haven't been doing this for that long, but some of this technology has gone fast, right? So I yeah, guess I think a lot about technology. Yeah. So my, my first, I had a computer, obviously, since I started working here, and we had email, but we didn't really have, like, real internet. Um, so I had to unplug, I guess it would have been DSL or dial-up. I don't know what it would have been, right? Um, it wasn't anything better than DSL, I promise you that. Um, but I had to unplug my office phone to plug it into my computer to check my email. Um, until we figured that out. Um, so you like, you know, like everybody today, we're like, get our email, it's on our phone. It's like our, you know, when email shuts down, people like don't know how to work around here, right? So they're just like, oh, I guess we're done working for the day. Um, and when the server goes down or whatever happens. Um, but those early days, I was really, you were unplugging my phone to plug my computer in and I would like check my email and then plug my phone back in. Um, but one of my earliest, I guess, like, I don't know if it's like a welcome to NASCAR where I realized like, okay, this is like a different deal for a 20-year-old kid from North Carolina, is I went to lunch and I came back and um, one of the office managers gave me a, a you know, you used to write, also here's another one, you used to write like phone messages down on one of those like things on a spiral notebook, like the triplicate forms or whatever they were. Um, and she's like, Rusty Wallace called for you. And I was like, Rusty Wallace did not call for me. <laughs> I'll about promise you that. And they're like, no, he did. He's getting on his plane. He wants you to call him in an hour. And I was like, okay. Um, so I called him, and it was Rusty. It was pretty clear when he answered. Um, that I was like, oh, yeah, this is Rusty. Um, and uh, he, was, he was straight up with me and pretty direct, and I think that's maybe how Rusty rolls. Um, but he had a uh, Harley-Davidson souvenir rig, and he wanted to bring it to Pocono. And that was my job. Um, so that was my first interaction um, with uh, with a superstar in NASCAR racing. Was Rusty Wallace left me a voicemail, told me to call him. I was gonna say that was pretty much like Rusty Heyday, right? Yeah, like, that's gotta be something. <laughs> like, I mean, I know, I think, I don't think we have anything comparable. Maybe a lower level driver's reached out directly to like Kevin or I once or twice for something small, but 
I don't think we've ever gotten a phone call from uh, what's what's comparable, like Brad Kozlowski calling us directly. <laughs> like, I don't think that's ever happened. And I don't think it would, uh, it would ever happen now with the world of PR reps and no, yeah, I don't know why Rusty's. Yeah, I don't know why there wasn't a business manager or somebody <laughs> who actually like you know because Rusty wasn't selling the T-shirts on the right. Harley rig, right? I don't, I don't know where that person was, um, but no, that was it. And then I'm sure like my voice is shaking and I like, can barely speak, and I'm like, yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that, I mean, I, the other parts I'll always remember is is Doc. Um, you know, Doc passed away, I guess, ten years ago um, now, and this was his playground and his world and you didn't do much without asking and, and getting his approval in advance. So, um, you knew what your job was, you knew what you were supposed to do. You stayed in your lane, you did your job. And when you saw him coming around in his little Astro van, um, you were like petrified that you had done something wrong. So I think that's, uh, that's maybe a little bit of a, a change in our evolution as a, as a group and a team is, um, you know, not that we're still not family owned and won't always be, but, uh, just a little bit of a different, you know, I guess, decimation of responsibility and direction, if you will. So moving then forward, obviously, we um, move in 20 years to 19 years into the future, whatever it was, <laughs> your current role, you're president of the raceway now. So I think fans are interested in that all the time. Like, what's that actually mean? Like, so what? what is a normal day-to-day for Ben Miller? I mean, whatever y'all tell me to do is what I do, right? <laughs> um, so thankfully, we don't have normal around here, and I think we're all pretty pretty grateful for that, or at least some, at least most of us, um, right? So between between our role and ensuring that uh, that Pocono Raceway is you know pretty friendly, clean, um, gates work, racetrack looks good, offices, you know, sponsors are happy, ticket holders are happy, the guests are happy, and we're just moving moving business forward um we also have Pokemon organics down the street which a lot of us here uh spend a decent amount of time on that's our our regenerative organic farm um so i'm sure the guys will take the equipment over there one day so we don't have to dwell too much on that but uh our family of businesses here keep me busy right between Pocono raceway Pocono organics uh we have south boston speedway we have mountain concessions that i mentioned we also have sobo concessions that supports south boston speedway uh and we have a little hotel across the street and uh sunset hill shooting range so um the diversification of, of the family of businesses keeps me pretty busy but for those listening to this really just want to talk about the racetrack right that, but you also answered the question I think that we get a lot still to this day is what do you guys do in the off season? Yeah. And the the number one answer yeah. is what off season? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure when it comes down to the race, I think we're all in agreement here. It's like that race day, that race weekend, that's what we do, right? That's what we work all for. But everything's already in, in motion then. Like we're just executing at that point. The hard stuff is leading up to that um, from really the day the cars leave here till they come back. And then everything in between, like you just said, that that's all in our worlds here. Yeah, and what we do, I mean, what we do well as a group, right, is event execution, right, and event planning. Um, I think we get a little bit bored and, I mean, not bored, but the winter months, right? The winter months aren't as much fun as the summer months. I mean, I guess it's it's almost as clear as that. Probably it's some, hard to have fun at a racetrack <laughs> in the wintertime. Yeah, there's probably, there's probably some better and more proper business terms than that, and we have more fun in the summer <laughs> than we do in the winter, but that's the reality of it, right? We like putting on a show, um, and the fact that we're snowed in and it's cold and we don't have a show to put on in the summers or in the winters, not always, uh, not always the most fun, but... Um, 
I mean, my job and my role here is to hopefully provide, you know, you guys and everybody else that works here with the res- the resources and the support they need to do what's been asked of them. So I don't look at it much greater than that and much deeper than that. Um, you know, we want to make sure we're making the right decisions. We have a, you know, we have a long-term strategy in place. We have a short-term strategy in place. And, you know, going into this year, we, um, you know, we really had three things we were shooting for. We wanted to have uh, put on a hell of a show with a great fan experience. We wanted to pack the place full of campers and ticket holders. Um, and we wanted to make a couple bucks, right? And naturally, you do number one and number two and number three happens. Um, so when we think about, you know, our business here at the racetrack, it's almost that simple, right? There's three pieces to it. Um, and then there's a couple of different ways that uh, that we support it, you know, through our track rentals, through sponsorship and ticket revenue, um, and then through other ventures we have. So I think uh, I think my role here is just to kind of stay steady. And you do it well, Ben. <laughs> I don't think uh, there's a person in this office who would who would uh, contest that. And um, on our end, it's you know we we say it to our sponsors and our partners all the time. But when we have these conversations, but flexibility it seems like is our number one trait like if something's not working we can adjust it if somebody's having an issue whether it's a sponsor a fan something we can change it on the almost on the fly um and i think that's what makes this great this place so great and and your leadership uh specifically so great is that you very rarely tell us no unless it's a ridiculous idea Mm -hmm. and even if it is a ridiculous idea it's more like prove it see if it works if it doesn't work (laughs) <laughs> then there's consequences of some sort, but um, for the most part, we I, I, it, there's it, it's hard to it's hard to get someone to say no because what what the hell, man? It's worth trying it, right? That's right. And you guys are thoughtful, and you're not out there just winging it and acting crazy. Um, somebody told me a long time ago that good ideas equal support and money, um, and that's a pretty true comment, right? You need support and you need money to execute on on certain ideas. Um, and if it's a good idea and we can find the money for it, great. If we need to go. You know, if we find it internally, if we find it externally, great. But um, to your point, we try not to say no, right? It's a good idea, and it makes it fun for the fans. It makes it fun for our sponsors, and it makes it fun for the family. Then we got to do it. So we'll bring it full circle here. We mentioned earlier um, and just right now about what summer, how much better summer is in the Poconos and at the track specifically. Um, People don't see it. We have a pretty full slate this year, right? We have our NASCAR weekend, obviously, which is the big weekend that we promote, uh, but we just added the Elements Festival, and we have 200-plus track days a year. So I'll let you talk a little bit about the NASCAR weekend specifically um, and try to minimize the excited about okay. this piece. Like really excited, <laughs> super excited. But, I mean, before I go there, you're right. It's, you know, that there's a lot of our business that's not public, right? And people just, they don't know what we do. So maybe that's as if this is a fun thing to talk about. I mean, we have a... We've got a uh, video shoot next week um, with a race team and a driver and one of their one of their partners to talk about sustainability, um, which should be really cool. And that that'll come out hopefully later in the summer. We've got you know mud girl runs. We have uh, the tall timber tactical event. We have what else we have? Tough, we have tough mutter. We have a lantern festival. Lantern and fest. just right now, as we speak, there's a motorcycle. Uh, racing club, school, something of those yeah. going on on one track. We have BMWs on another track. Uh, I saw the stock car racing experience guys in there getting their cars ready, so I assume they have a date coming up soon. Um, and there was something going on out back the grandstand. So that's just in one day. Here. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's right. So we can, you know, we do have the ability to run four to five things here a day. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of them just don't involve people sitting in the grandstands. Um, but still, we stay busy. Um, so looking at NASCAR, we're packing them in, right? ARCA racing on uh, Friday afternoon. Truck series back Saturday at noon, followed by cup. Well, not truck series is back, but followed by the return of practice and qualifying for the cup series. Rolling out the Xfinity series to finish off Saturday and uh, the big boys in the cup series on Sunday. How about camping, though? I mean, we sold out the infield last year. We're looking good again for this year. How cool is it? I mean, you've been here, right, for 21 years, and JJ's been in the infield as a fan 21 years ago. 21 years. Um, How cool is it to see just the the camping crowd that's coming out here and that that's preparing to come out for this this season as well? Yeah, it's been it's been neat to see. It's been neat to see the the evolution of the infield. Maybe JJ's seen that. Whether he remembers some of it, I don't know. Or whether he's it's you know. Parents shielded him during some of those days. Very I don't know. Very early memories that I probably should suppress. Um, <laughs> so if you want to talk about things changing, um, I mean, the infield is almost uh, twice as big as it was, not physically, but, right. um, you know, f- as far as guests go than it was in those days. I mean, we're not flipping cars over or lighting couches on fire when we've kind of evolved into into more of a family and family and friends type situation, which I guess that's really, really only two buckets in life, family and friends. But with the playground being there, the infield block party, uh, some of the bars and, and cool stuff we're doing with the drivers and teams and then really expanding the fence line camping and our reserved and generally camping all the way deep into turn one for the twenty. 21 season, I guess, was the first time that happened. Um, it's been cool to see. I mean, we, uh, for whatever reason, kids and uh, camping has come a little bit easier for us um, than some stuff. So we're proud of our kids' free program that's in its fourth or fifth year at this point. Um, and then camping is going to be jamming. We'll have the fireworks, we'll have the block party, we'll have the live music. Kids will be on the playground doing scandalous stuff on those swings and flying real high. And like me thinking another kid is going to take another kid out. And I'm like, oh, God, um, <laughs> bikes, all kinds of cool stuff. So one last thing we wanted to touch on here um, after our NASCAR uh, race weekend, we uh, JJ kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, we're welcoming the Elements Music and Arts Festival this year, which is pretty cool. They're going to. Uh, being the the woodlands behind the grandstand area so how cool is that and talk a little bit about you know how cool or how excited how excited we're excited (laughs) everybody's excited (laughs) but like to bring a music festival and what it is right how did it come apart come about like people who know the facility that area is going to be completely different than it's ever been it is nobody's really seen it publicly i guess but Yeah, yeah, it's it's probably not ready for public consumption yet, um, but it will be. Um, so it's funny because what ten? So after my concessions days, I'm trying to try to. Y'all always got me questioning time these days. Um, I moved over to the raceway in our marketing department, or sales and marketing, I guess at that point, corporate sales and and marketing, and that was when we started trying to get into the music business, um, and it just. You know, music festivals were hot. They're still hot, but they were hot, hot, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Um, And now the ones that exist are just the good ones. Um, The little ones have fallen off. So we finally have gotten ourselves in the music business, which is great. So um, the group from Elements sets an art and uh, music festival, EDM music specifically. I think there's some jam bands on that lineup, too, that look kind of cool. 
Um, so they've, uh, they've carved out a nice little space in our woods on our property here. And, and it's kind of funny because you, have you guys walked back in there? I haven't been there in a couple of weeks, but I was okay. down there right when it, right after it got like cleaned out. Okay. So when you walk back in there, it feels different, right? Like you have all the amenities of a racetrack close to you, right? You're right off the highway, the restrooms, everything that you want, you know, the proper drainage and, and everything that comes with that fiber, Wi-Fi, And then you just get in the woods and you still have that stuff, but it feels a little bit different, right? It has a different feel. It's not as hard, you know, it's not as hard as a racetrack. It's not asphalt. It's not steel. It's not walls. Um, so it feels good. And those guys are going to come in there and decorate it up and do kinds of cool, do all kinds of wild stuff, put three or four stages in, uh, some water features. And then really what I want is the two of you like in like highlighter face paint with like capes on and, butterfly wings like getting your video on in there so that's that's august 19th or august 18th to the 21st um so check them out elements fest pretty cool i guess we found out what we're doing on that weekend i mean if you tell me you want me to fully immerse in that world for the weekend then i'm totally in. every time I'm, every time I'm on the instagram and i see it and i'm like god look how much fun they're having like this is like it's like race fans to me right you mentioned camping like the, the you know our, our race fans um, that are in the grandstands are having a blast. The ones that are in the RVs, cause you know, they've been planning, you know, they've had zooms and they've had calls and they've been throwing emails back and forth. Like I'm bringing the beer, you bring the meat. Um, <laughs> I'll just remember the bikes for the kids. Um, same for me with the elements fest. It feels like to me, the planning and everything that involves with the, how do you call it? The fits with the fits. Is that right? Outfits. Yes. That's it. I'm trying for my, I've got a, I've got a soon to be nine year old, so I got, I got to try to be cool. You got to be hip. I at least know what he's understand what he's saying. I'm not, I don't just <laughs> I need to be hip. I just need to understand the words coming out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, so you don't need to use them? You no, I should not. I should not use them. That would be. That he's, got, he's got to make sure what the actual yeah. meaning of the word right, is. Right, uh, right. It's like when he's he's on he's on his iPad on YouTube, and I'm like. Bring that over here for a second. Let me, <laughs> let me see what you're doing real I can't quick. Even imagine what kind of wormhole you can get out on YouTube these days. Uh, let you me can, let me look at that if you, you don't mind. You could probably go from something real wholesome to the exact opposite real quick. Yeah, it goes fast. <laughs> All right, so Elements Music Festival. But I saw something the other day. Um, I guess apparently they're kind of known for the food too versus mm. the music. I saw them post something about their food offerings are supposed to be pretty wild. So. I guess regardless if you're a jam band guy or gal or EDM guy or gal, supposedly the food is going to be worth the trip itself. Got to eat. That's right. So Got to eat. My first, uh, I went to Firefly, um, which is held at Dover, uh, the first year. Um, my wife and I went, and it was a blast. It was before we had kids, and we did, like, glamping, and the food was amazing. We were just cruising around, living free. So I've got some memory of my pre-kid life where uh, – where I did live free at a music festival once, and it was spectacular. So hopefully folks buy some tickets, come out and support those, uh, support the guys and girls at Elements and have a blast. Who knows? You might see me and JJ dressed up and, and having, a, having a time. Boy, are we going to be fish out of water in that one if we start dressing up. But, uh, but I'm in. I'll count me in. I'll give it a, I'll give it a shot. J- I'll try anything once. JJ didn't move too far from the track recently, so he's uh, he's got no reason not to swing by the old woodlands. Yeah, I'm coming back up to the area too, so we can <laughs> we can hang out, help out during the day, and uh, see what happens at night. Four a.m. Four a.m. Hula hoops at the fire stage, the water stage. Well, I can't, 
I can't promise you that I'll be up for 4 a.m. hula hoops, but <laughs> I, I might show up for like 8 p.m. happy uh, hour or something. But well, I saw I saw a whole host of celebrities were doing uh, doing the 4 6 a.m. run at the F1 race in Miami this you know, past weekend. Good, so good for those celebrities <laughs> living their typical lives in Miami. Yeah. But I can guarantee you, I won't Miami be at 4 a.m. Miami and Long Pond are pretty similar. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, they they painted a m- fake marina, right? So we can kind of do the same thing. Put some some boats on some fake water. <laughs> do something. Yeah. Uh, well, Ben, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being the first guest of season uh, six or so of the Pocono Raceway podcast. Maybe we'll invite you back. I don't know. All right, my pleasure. Get Nick on here. Maybe maybe we'll get some college stories out of him because I'm not going to give them to you. There's a whole other level of things we need to dive into here, but uh, we'll save that for the next time around. Uh, Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Ben. All right, JJ. Well, that was fun to uh, have a little chat with Ben there. Um, It's really cool to hear, you know, how he got his start here at Pocono Raceway, and I think we both learned a little bit about – is start here. It was I'd, fun. I think so. And I think we hinted at some things that we might have to get a little further into if we get him and oh, yeah. Nick on this podcast, or maybe um, just some stuff for away from the podcast, a couple of beers around the fire at the end of the night. No doubt. No <laughs> but, doubt. But uh, that was fun. I think everybody learned a lot about Ben. Um, and if there's anything else they want to know about Ben, I'm sure we can get it back on here again. He's on Twitter. I don't know if we mentioned that or not, he but uh, he's on he's on Twitter, so you can find him. He's out there. I think it's uh, B May 1977. Little, little little Twitter shout out. We used to have a um, a, a battle me and him back in the day. <laughs> you and I, Ben? Well, a little bit. Um, we were both around the same follower totals. I think mm. he's like surpassed me though. Like I'm no. just. I'm just That'll happen when guy. he's the track president and you're the social guy. Right. No yeah. one really cares to follow my personal account. I mean, I, th- I used to put out cool content, but, you know, once you manage social handles, I feel like for a couple of years, you, you you start to forget about your own. At least I do. I don't. I, I'm selfish, a selfish yeah. self-promoter. But yeah. um, but I like to retweet your stuff. That's fun. Yeah, thanks. Um. Yeah, so that was a great episode, and we hope everybody enjoyed it. And like we mentioned in the beginning of this episode, let's um let's close it out with a little bit more of uh, Rowdy's new song, uh, Mountain Down, from his new record that's coming out soon. Hey, and if you guys like what you heard here, make sure you tell us about it on social media. If you have some suggestions about what you'd like to hear here, tell us about that, too. This season's all about having fun and learning as we go, so we want to make sure that everybody's having just as much fun as we are. One more time And we're left without a breath